Hariyam, Shri Gurubhyo Namaha. A thousand names to glorify the Lord is called Sahasranam. And in this to-do list that is given to us in verse 27 of Pachagavindam, it says, Geyam Gitam Nama Sahasram, to be able to sing the thousand names of Lord Vishnu. And then the second line is, Deyam Shri Pati Rupam Ajastram, which Deyam means to meditate. What is meditation? Because it's such a buzzword, it's such a popular thing to do, but not very well understood. Meditation is to bring the mind to single-pointed concentration. Examples can be to when we're watching TV and the series comes to this cliffhanger and we're so caught and engrossed in that moment of watching that if anyone asks us anything in that moment we get so irritated with them because we don't want to divert our attention for even a second. Or another beautiful example of single-pointed concentration is when we've fallen in love and we're just continuously and consistently thinking about the beloved. The third one is when we are driven by a very immense desire to get someone. You see people who have so much determination and nothing comes in their way because they want that goal and they completely focused on it. And when we have this kind of concentration, possibly we are happier, especially in the case of when we've fallen in love. We can even be more effective and efficient when we driven by a desire and a goal. But in all these cases, even though the mind is single-pointedly concentrated, our personalities don't change. We remain exactly who we are, even after having that single-pointed concentration. The difference in meditation is there is this upliftment of our mind because what we're meditating on is something that's higher and something that's divine. And whenever we step back or whenever we lift our thoughts to something higher, we're always able to see and understand more. If you think about it that we're standing on street level and we see where the road goes to a certain point and it turns, but then we can't see at that level of the street where that road goes and how it connects with the rest of the roads in the city. But if you're standing on a rooftop and you're looking down, you can see exactly how far the road goes, exactly where it intersects with each other road and how the city is all connected. And we can go in the direction that we need to. Or the more typical example that's given is if you are looking at a picture, whether it's on the phone or even live, and we're too zoomed in, so we can't see what it is. Maybe we're seeing just the hand, or maybe we're just even seeing just a color, not even a shape that's distinct. But when we take a few steps back, when we completely zoom out, we can see the entire picture. It's often much more beautiful and meaningful when we see the whole picture. It also happens not only in terms of physical, where when we step back we can see, but also in terms of time. 
So sometimes you'll see just an incident and it could be something like a gentleman slapping a woman and we think, you know, that's abuse and how horrible and he's got no self-control and whatever conclusions that come to our head from seeing that. But if we look at the whole scenario and if we see that they've been possibly married or in a relationship for something like 25 years and she's manipulated him and she's actually verbally abused him and she's taken away all his money and then she's done so much injustice and he's you know resisted any kind of malicious actions towards her and he's tried to be patient he's tried to be considerate he's tried to be understanding and then he reaches his threshold and in that moment he slaps her and then we see that whole scenario very differently so when we freeze frame and we look at something it very often doesn't have depth we can very easily misunderstand and this is what we do with our lives we see ourselves as bodies as personalities of minds and intellects of likes and dislikes and we see each scenario or we see each conversation we see each relationship and we see things as either freeze frames or isolated and may not necessarily know the connections and so what happens is we end up misunderstanding or coming to the wrong conclusions we end up making excuses or we end up blaming other people and justifying our own actions and emotions but in meditation we lift our mind and when we get good at it we're able to lift our mind above our body mind intellect personality we're able to lift ourselves above seeing isolated scenarios and slowly we start to see patterns or we start to see connections between the things we do we can start to see not only patterns in our own behavior but the pattern of cause and effect what I do and how that affects somebody else and how it influences somebody else or it provokes and aggravates somebody else and in this way I slowly start to see what it is I'm doing wrong or maybe not completely wrong but not right either and I can even start to see where the loopholes in my thinking happen and the more I zoom out the more I see how I could be contributing to the problem or even possibly be creating the problem and I see the things I need to be able to work on to rectify situations and even when I zoom out the beautiful thing is I don't believe in the excuses that I make for myself anymore and I find I don't want to make excuses for myself and so in this way in meditation as we lift ourselves out of body mind intellect as we lift ourselves out of freeze frame individual incidences and relationships we create understanding understanding essentially of ourselves and how then that affects our relationships and situations and this understanding is really the spiritual journey but there's another very beautiful thing about meditation and zooming out from body mind intellect personality is that when we lift ourselves it's often a lot more peaceful 
If I'm standing on the street looking around, then there's the noise of the traffic and the traffic light and people and the, all the happenings of the street. But if I'm standing on the rooftop, the noise is very far away. And so too in meditation, when we can successfully lift ourselves out, it's very, very peaceful. And even though this sounds highly ideal, it's by no means easy to do. There was an incident where a student and a master were walking from one town in, or village to another, and they passed by a lake. And as they passed by, the student cupped his hands and drank some water, and then asked the guru or the teacher, would they like? And the teacher shook his head and said no. And they walked maybe five minutes away when a cart led by some horses rode through the lake. And then the guru said to the student, actually, on second thoughts, I am thirsty. Please do get me some water. So the student went back to the lake, which fortunately wasn't very far away, and cupped his hands and lifted up the water and realized it was filled with particles of sand and dust and thought, oh dear, the cart and horse as it passed by the lake would have stirred the mud from the bottom and now the water's unclean. So he looked up at his guru thinking, I can't give my guru dirty water, now what do I do? The guru reading his expression smiles and said, we wait. And about 10 minutes later, he picked up the water in his hands and it was still dirty. And about half an hour later, he picked up the water in his hands and finally, to some extent, it had settled. And he understood the Guru wasn't actually thirsty. He just wanted him to understand how easily the water could get unsettled because that's how easily our mind gets unsettled and once unsettled it takes that long to then come back down think about it in-depth talks from Swamini Supriyananda and other excellent teachers of the Chinmaya mission, you can subscribe to chinmayaclicks.com. You can also visit the Chinmaya channel on YouTube for bite-sized inspiration and discourses on in-depth Vedantic texts. To know about local classes, activities, and upcoming retreats, visit www.chinmayamission.com and see you on the next podcast.